Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. It's Monday. It's December. We're chugging toward the end of 2020. We have almost made it. Um, <laughs> and it's also holiday time. So <laughs> I have lined up a bunch of authors this month to talk about their holiday books and what they're doing. And I was super excited to see that my friend and fellow paranormal romance author, Abigail Owen, she's been on a few times before, um, but she has a new holiday paranormal romance out as well as a hot dragon shifter book, which I don't think is holiday, but that's okay because it's dragon shifters, right? Um, (laughs) So I'm excited to talk about that. And if you have never read Abigail, Owen yet. You are in for such a treat. You will love her books. And I'll go ahead and read her bio here so you can get to know her. Abigail Owen is a multi-award winning author of paranormal romance and upper YA new adult fantasy romance. Other favorite titles include Wife, Mother, Star Wars Geek, Ex-Competitive Skydiver, Yikes, Spreadsheet Lover, (laughs) Dr. Seuss Corner, MBA organizational guru, which she has to be. Wait till you find out how many books this girl has out. Texan, Aggie, and Chocoholic. Abigail grew up consuming books and exploring the world through her writing. She attempted to find a practical career related to her favorite pastime by earning a degree in English rhetoric, technical writing, and an MBA. However, she swiftly discovered that writing She swiftly discovered that writing without imagination is not nearly as fun as writing with it. She currently resides in Austin, Texas, with her own personal swoon-worthy hero and their two children, who are growing up way too fast. Abigail also writes award-winning, steamy contemporary romance and romantic comedy as Katie Scott. I did put a link there for Katie Scott's website. And sweet contemporary romance and Amish romance as Kristen McKenna. And I put a link to that one. There is also a link to join Abigail Owen's monthly newsletter and her Facebook reader group, the Abby's Awesome Nerds. So if you're listening live on Blog Talk, you can click those anytime and get all connected with Abigail. And if you're listening later, you can as well. So without any further delay, you there, Abigail? I'm here. (laughs) Yay. Thanks so much for having (laughs) me. I always love coming on to talk with you. Thank you. I always look forward to it, too. Whenever I see one of my buddies has a book out, I'm like, come back on the show. But yes. I couldn't get past the the idea behind um, Try As I Smite. It, it looks so adorable, and I haven't read it yet, but it's it's a play on Christmas Carol, right? It is, yeah. It's It loosely takes the Christmas Carol, only um, both the hero and heroine go through their uh, bits of their past, their present, and then their future. Um, to solve a, a, a major demon problem <laughs> for him. Um, but, of course, you know, there's things that get in the way and lots of hotness um, while they, they discover they're meant for each other, of course. Oh, I love it. And how did you come up with, with that idea? I mean, adding a few demons to a Christmas carol and all. Really, it was time to write Delilah's story. So it's part of my Brimstone um, series of, of novellas. And that, um, while they're all loosely connected, they're all loosely connected through Delilah. Um, each book, Delilah owns a company called Brimstone Inc. that helps solve different paranormal problems. 
Um, and so this one, she finally got to her, <laughs> her own paranormal problem. Um, so it was finally time for her story. And I knew, so I'm not going to give away what she is, but it was time to reveal what she is. And so, uh, but I also knew that it was going to come out around Christmas. And I was like, oh, that would be fun. Let's, let's combine the demons with something Christmassy. And so I decided, I, I went back and forth on which uh, <laughs> Christmas retelling story I should do. Oh, I love it. Is Christmas Carol one of your favorites? Are you a Dickens fan? It is. Um, I, you know, that's one of the few of his I like. I find Dickens to be incredibly depressing most of the time. Um, <laughs> even though, really, they all have happy endings. But to me, his books are a lot like, well, most of them have happy endings. But to me, his books are a lot like It's a Wonderful Life, where, like, the happy is only the last five minutes. Um, right. So, <laughs> you know, so, like, usually I don't. But for some reason, that one I love, I think, because you see somebody um be able to redeem themselves i always if i if there's a character that's redeemable in a story i'm in so oh, me yeah. too yeah and and the cool thing about a christmas carol is that the redemption happens like on the page so you you get to experience that i always love watching characters grow and change and we get to be there for it that's always really yeah. cool i think that's what makes it stick around you know me too. And I actually also love the fact that you kind of take this character who's really kind of the bad guy, um, especially at the beginning, and, and get to turn that around. But you also get to see why he became what he became and, mm-hmm. and what he went through to get there, which for me, the best bad guy stories always come, you know, the bad guy's always the hero of their own story, in my opinion. And so, you know, rarely, unless they are just straight out psychopaths, is it right. not driven by something that came, you know, from a reasonable place. Right. And so I, yeah, I, I totally like to agree. And so the Brimstone Inc. series, are there more books coming from it or is this the last one? It's not the last one. I might slow down a bit on those. So they're going to come out in between things when I have the time to write them. I have so much fun <laughs> with those because each one is a different um, paranormal creature focus and a different contemporary romance trope. And so I have a lot of, I really have a lot of fun writing them. Um, but I've, I've got so many <laughs> contracts lined up at the moment that, yeah, they're going to slow down a little bit. <laughs> but there are going to be more. There will be more, yes. I've got my next oh, one I was hoping, and it's not going to happen, but I was hoping to get it out by Valentine's Day. It's going to be a Cupid. Uh, it's going to be a paranormal creature. And he's going to accidentally oh, uh, shoot a siren and himself. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that'll be cute. It'll be cute even yeah. if it's not out on Valentine's. <laughs> it's just going to have to not be Valentine's Day. Sorry. <laughs> oh, well. It'll be the Memorial Day Cupid. Cupid. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Fourth of July Cupid. <laughs> there you go. He's very patriotic Cupid. <laughs> <laughs> He's at the 4th of July parade and something goes wrong with the arrows. Now I'm just trying to picture a fourth, like a Cupid, all red, white, and blue. Like Right? Hmm. He's dodging the fireworks and accidentally shoots right. the wrong person. <laughs> We're plotting this I, out I like right this. now. This is, this is live. <laughs> uh, see so what I mean? You take you are... like, a paranormal creature and a trope and you go play. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Let's put them together. <laughs> yep. So because you're an overachiever, you also have another book that just came out and you want to tell everybody about the protector. This one is the sexy dragon shifter, right? 
Yes. Uh, so this one is part of my Fire's Edge series. Um, again, each of the books in this one can stand alone as well, although this one, more than Brimstone, does have a, a storyline that pulls all the way through. Um, and this is Levi and Lindy's story. So this is the first time that we get to see a heroine who is not human to start with. She's a dragon to start with. It's pretty rare that they're born female. Um, and they, that comes with all of its own problems. Um, and then he's the beta for the enforcer team that he's on with her brother. And um, she's got orphan dragons that she's been saving through the years that she needs to protect. And it all kind of, the overarching story is starting to come to a head because the next book in this series, The Traitor, is going to be the, um, the final book in that particular series. I will probably continue the world on eventually, but in this storyline, that's the last book. So we're, we're almost to the you know, grand finale. So it's building. Oh, exciting. So you want to tell people who maybe aren't familiar, everybody's heard of, you know, the alpha hero, but what do you mean when you say the beta? Well, the beta in this case just means he's second in command for the for the enforcer team versus like a beta hero um, who is more, um, I, I always think of beta heroes as like the best friend guys, like the, the really yeah, easygoing, the cinnamon roll. good to be around guys. Yeah. Not necessarily wimpy, but, you know, they have their own strengths. Right. It's just that they're not in your face <laughs> growling like dragons. <laughs> so, so even though this guy is second in command, he might have a little bit of the alpha growly thing. He's got a little of the alpha growly thing because he is a dragon shifter, but he does actually, he is a bit of a beta hero. He's of all of the guys, most of the, my dragons are very glowery, grunty. Like that's how they communicate. I communicate in grunts. Um, and he's not, he's more of the, like, wears Hawaiian shirts, likes to tease people kind of, you know, the, he's the fun guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, fun. And every time you talk about a guy who communicates in grunts immediately in my head is Witcher. Did you watch that? Yes, I loved that show. <laughs> and yes, yeah, they're all girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my daughter and I sometimes will just grunt at each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh. Yep, those grunty heroes. Well, and then the heroine has to be able to translate the grunts. That's the best part is she understands these this guy's grunts. Oh, how funny. Because <laughs> she's a dragon, too. Yeah, but she's also like his soulmate. So, of course, she understands what he's grunting about. She, she doesn't need to communicate any differently. She gets it. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, what is it about Dragon Shifters that, that made you go, oh, my gosh, I'm going to build? Because you have two interlocking Dragon series, right? You have the Fire's Edge and the, what's the other one? The Kings, right? Inferno Rising. Yeah, the Kings. Yeah, so Fire's Edge is, all, is the enforcers in what I call the America's colonies. So they have dragons have colonies over here, and they're the enforcers keeping the rules. And, and then the Inferno Rising is the kings and clans that are over in Europe and Asia primarily, which is where they started. And, and yeah, they're, they are crossing over a little more and more each book with different characters and storylines that kind of fade in and out, and, which has been really fun to write. I, you know, Dragon Shifters, there's just something, first of all, I love shifters in general, and I like to read and write every type of shifter out there, bear shifters, wolf shifters, um, you know, big cat shifters, all of them. Um, I, I would even be happy to write, you know, the kind of the smaller, cuter, cuddlier type shifters, like otter shifters or teal baby seals or something, uh, <laughs> something fun like that. Even, 
for, you know, even like rat shifters would be fun. Any idea of like changing into something else and being able to use that, that other aspect of, you know, what you have, like they've got different senses, they've got different powers. I love that. Mm-hmm. But dragons are huge and they breathe fire and they fly. I just don't think it gets, and they're magical typically. So it just doesn't get any better than that, does it? <laughs> Yeah, well, I write shifters too, but I've never written a dragon because in my own head, I can't figure out how you could make that much bulk. I mean, duh, obviously magic, but you know, I can't, I can't quite wrap my my senses around that you turn into this gigantic flying dinosaur, and it's so cool. How do you handle it in your world? How do they turn from human size to gigantor? So in my world, it looks like a mirage. So like their shape seems to shimmer. Everything shifts with them. So it's really the way in the books I describe it as their soul is the center and just the image of what they are changes. Um, and then I'll describe how like their perspective changes and their, you know, width changes. And they have to be able to do it in places that they're not knocking over things like power lines or taking out buildings. <laughs> um You know, what's funny, though, is that because shifting in my head is like, you just shift, like, that's what you do. You're a shifter, so you shift. It took my editor in the first book going, so what does this look like? (laughs) Right. For me to go, oh, (laughs) you want that description? Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see, that's what's holding me back from dragons is I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how to wrap my head around it. I just think it's so cool that... That And every person that I've talked to who writes Dragon Shifters, they all have a different way. Sometimes it's magic. Sometimes it's, you know, danger. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's so it's very cool. Painful, not painful. Right. Oh, yeah. Everybody mm-hmm. has their own. I had um, mountain lions that were shifters in a previous series. And those, they had to strip like they lost their clothes. Kind of like um, in Twilight, the wolves. Um, mm-hmm. And I, that was such a pain in the butt because, like, if they got somewhere and shifted again, I'd be like, well, they're naked now and there's no clothes anywhere because they're in the middle of the woods. Now, how do I right. get them clothes to have this serious conversation not naked? And so, like, it was such a pain that when I got to my dragon shifters, I was like, these suckers are shifting with their clothes on. Yes. Yes. When I wrote my shape-shifting vampires, they shape-shifted into their spirit animal. And so it was this magical bonding kind of thing. So when they came back, cool. they had their clothes on. And that was so much easier than werewolves. Right? <laughs> Where they kind of leave their you, clothes somewhere. You don't think about the logistics <laughs> of clothing until they're naked and on page. And you're like, oh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now what am I going to do with them? No. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep. Yes, exactly. Because we got to make the paranormal real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mostly because at least some, one person is, go- is going to ping me and be like, well, what happened to their clothes? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And in, in my, oh, my vampire that. series, in the first book, I didn't touch on the clothes. They were just there, and I did get that. So all the rest of the books, I made sure to mention that the clothes remain with them. And they yep. just yeah. come back with them. Because people care, apparently, about where their clothes go. They'll catch details, absolutely. I think even more so because when we're writing our books, and even when we're in, in the editing, we're so bogged down in the details of it and it takes so long it's not like we're reading it in a day or two you know or writing it right. in a day or two like we would read it and so those details aren't as fresh when 
from scene to scene. I always forget to close my characters. I'll forget what hair color or eye color they have. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, there's clothes. I don't know. I mean, I wear yoga pants all day long, so, like, I don't think about clothes. You're not thinking about fashion time. choices. Not really, no. <laughs> oh, well. So, so I mentioned when I was reading your bio that you, you write in these other pen names too. How many genres do you write in? Do you still have another secret one that you're dying to write in? Are you <laughs> waiting to write a historical? Or <laughs> You know, what's funny is that I, I write in all the genres that I love to read, and I love every single <laughs> romance genre. I love them all, and I read them all, and I like to joke that eventually I'm going to have a pen name for every single one of them. And so, <laughs> so eventually – um, but you know what I'm finding is that with, I did the pen names so that readers would know exactly what they were getting. Um, anytime they picked up one of my books, they knew if they picked up Abigail Owen, it was paranormal. And if it was Kristen McKenna, it was sweet and, um, and, and even inspirational. And so it, you know, those are very wide, different <laughs> genres when you think about it. Um, but I want to make sure that each pen name stays relevant. So getting at least one to two books out every year for all three pen names means at least six books a year. Um, that's a lot. That's <laughs> so a lot. Yeah. I don't think I could add any more pen names without killing myself. It <laughs> without just, killing one I mean, of them. That would just beat me down. Yeah, it would be too much. <laughs> um, so as much as I would love to get into historical or if, you know, there's some that I could like, I could get into sci-fi, sci-fi and <laughs> that could stay under the <laughs> Abigail Owen pen name. I'm branching into fantasy under Abigail Owen and kind of more the YA space and working on that project right now. Oh, but, yeah. fun. Yeah. You are so busy. How do you balance it all? Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I successfully <laughs> balance it all. Um, I... I don't sit still well, really, is what it comes down to. I'm one of those people, like, if I sat down to, quote, unquote, relax, I would, after five minutes, I'd be bored. I'd be like, I need to, like, do something. Even if I'm sitting and watching TV, I need my computer on my lap or I'm working on something, right, you know, like, <laughs> even if I'm only putting in five words an hour, it's there and I can do something with it. <laughs> so that's that's really what it comes down to. Um, I just don't sit still. <laughs> <laughs> There's no time when you've got six books that come out a year and all these pen That's names. That's not so true. That's not so true. <laughs> I'm finding it manageable finally. And this past year was kind of rough because I signed up definitely for way too many. I was um, averaging about 4,000 words a day. And at about the halfway point of the year, I was like, I'm going to toast myself if this is not um, slowed down. So I was able to slow things down a little bit. Now I'm doing about 2,000 words a day. Uh, and that's manageable. Oh, that's that, that I manageable. Can keep up with. Yeah. 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 But 4,000 a day. And I know some people that go and do like knock out 10,000 in a day. And I'm just like, oh, my brain would be so fried from that, that for the next four days, I'd have to recover. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, I've gone on writing retreats and managed three days of 6,000 a day, but that's like right? yeah. on a retreat. But you, you have know, to recover I afterwards I do that too? every day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A couple of days of nothing, doing laundry and yes. watching TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the brain needs some time, I find. Um, I The books that I knocked out that fast took a lot more editing in the editing passes than my previous books had. So that's me going too fast that I'm not taking the time to get it right in the first draft or a second draft um, before right. it goes to the editor. 
And it always, you know, the balance was always there somewhere with the editing and the writing. You either do it before you turn it in or after. It doesn't doesn't seem like we ever save time anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. No. Yeah. You'll be like, oh, this one's totally going to have, you know, no comments. They're going to love it. And that's the one that comes back with like, everything needs to change. No. (laughs) Yeah. Everything's wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So what are you working on next? What comes out next? Oh, let's see. Um, so in addition to the two paranormals, I actually had one of my, my first Kristen McKenna book came out in September, end of September, um, Snowball's Christmas. So that's um, still, still hyping that one because it's a Christmas story. So I've only got a few more weeks while it's, you know, still like oh, everybody yeah. wants to read Christmas Tell stories. Tell us about that one too. That one's fun. It's, um, it's a sweet uh, romance, sweet contemporary romance set in a Victorian inn in the mountains somewhere. I don't actually specify where. And um, the couple are brought together by this kitten named Snowball, who every book, every chapter has a scene from kittens, the kitten's point of view, from Snowball's point of view, Aww. where she's working to get them together so that they can be her forever family. And Aww, so she's a kitten matchmaker. She is, yeah. She's a, a very precocious kitten matchmaker. So she was a lot of fun to write. Um, and I've, I've really enjoyed that. And then I've got coming up um, release-wise, I've got The Warrior King coming out in March. That's going to be the third book in Inferno Rising series. And then I've got my first Amish book coming out in the spring, I believe May 11th, I want to say, called The Gift of Hope. That's under Krista McKenna. Um, and then we move into the last two of the Dragon and both Dragon series, The Traitor and The, and, uh, the Cursed King. Um, which will be uh, later in <laughs> 2021. I don't have dates for those yet. Oh, that's exciting. You're going to end both yeah. series at the same time of the dragon? Yeah. That was, that was wow. the whole point was that each one was going to go every other. So the way that they've released has been one Fire's Edge, one Inferno Rising, and they go along the same timeline so that what's happening in Fire's Edge is impacting Inferno Rising and vice versa. And as you go through it, so they both resolve together. Oh, I love it. Very cool. Was that fun or was that a pain trying to make it, it all was time out? really fun, believe it or not. But it was, um, the painful part about it was that the Inferno Rising books were um, print books on the shelves in stores. And the first mm-hmm. two books were, and those books have to be turned in about a year before they're released. Whereas the eBooks can be turned in closer to six months before they're released. Mm-hmm. And so I had to write oh. them in backwards order from, on the timeline. So like I would write an Inferno Rising oh, book right. and then the Fire's Edge book that came before it released uh, in the timeline. So <laughs> that was, that's tricky. It was tricky. I will say, however, <laughs> yeah. that it also helped because I would know exactly what little clues to leave in each book <laughs> because the other book was, oh, written, I I was like, oh, I already wrote this. The tricky part would be like, okay, who was this? And did this person already do this? Or where are we in the, you know, is it spring or summer now? And um, did this person already say this? Or did this person already lose this, you know, mountain? Right, <laughs> right. And I'm so sorry, but you guys have to be friends because you're friends in this other book. <laughs> yeah. yeah <exactly>. Stop fighting. <laughs> yeah. Or um, I've got my beta readers reading the last book at the moment for the trader that's going to come out later next year. Um, and, and all of their comments were, I didn't know that this happened. And I'm like, oh, that's because it happened in Warrior King that's not come out yet. And so I, I should probably <laughs> explain that in this book. 
those people who aren't reading both series. <laughs> right, right. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, we talked about before the show started a little bit about I've been asking everybody who comes on about how it's been for you writing during a pandemic, during historic times where everything's on fire and we're trying to write happily ever afters. How has that been for you? How have you been getting Um, it done? (laughs) It's been a balance. I will say that the impact to my family's lives directly has not been bad at all because my husband works for a gaming company. I already worked at home and um, our kids are a little bit older. They still need a little help, but are a little, you know, they're middle school age basically at this point. Right. Um, so we basically just been home this entire time. And that, that was fairly easy. It wasn't, especially for me since I was home already all the time, it wasn't a huge transition. Um, as I mentioned earlier, what I found really funny is that particularly in the May through like September timeframe, I wrote about three books and all three books, my initial edits came back with a comment about one or the other of my main characters just being mean and angry. (laughs) So I guess I was writing my own angst and anger at the entire year into these characters without even realizing it. Um, so it took some editing to make, <laughs> make my characters happier. Smooth them back out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and one of those books was one of my, you know, sweet little kitten books. It's the second book in that series. And <laughs> I was like, this, we cannot have, like, <laughs> angst and anger works okay for dragons, but it does not work for kitten matchmaking. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Are all the kittens in that series matchmakers? And it's the same kitten in each one because she lives in oh, a Victorian B&B. She gets different couples that she gets to match together. Oh, cute. I love it. So it's How many books are in that series? Um, there's uh, three so far, maybe four. Um, we'll, we'll see how, how the next two go. The second one is written. That one's called The 12 Days of Snowball. And then um, the third one is going to be um, How Snowball Stole Christmas. So <laughs> I'm having a lot Aww. of fun with these. So do they just come out at Christmas time? They do, yep. So each one will come out oh, okay. around September, October time frame in time for Christmas. All yep. right. Super Originally, they were supposed Katie to be Scott? these like, yeah, oh, no, sorry, that's okay. Kristen McKenna. And originally oh, okay. they were supposed to be shorter kind of novella um, stocking stuffer, like little jewel books, stocking stuffers. Uh, but mm-hmm. then, then they ended up contracting them for, and seventy five thousand words and I was like, Oh <laughs> that's gonna take longer oh. to write, but okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so are any of your books coming out in audio? I know a lot of people since we've been shut down have really turned on to the audio book listening because they're trapped. <laughs> so are yeah. your books in audio? They are for the most part. So um, the dragons are in audio. They're they're a little behind publications. So um, I think that they're going to get Rogue King, Warrior, uh, Blood King, and Warrior King all out in audio at the same time. About the time Warrior comes out in March. Um, but the mate, the boss, the rookie, and the enforcer are all in audio now. So um, the next one will be the protector when they get to that one. And then. Um, my Amish book that's coming out in May will come out in audio at the same exact time. Um, I haven't heard about audio for Snowball yet, uh, so I'm not sure about that one. But oh, those are all adorable. All the audiobooks. Yeah, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you listen to your audiobooks? Have you heard the narrators? Is it super cool? 
I'll listen to bits and pieces, but I can't, I can't. <laughs> it just oh, okay. sounds like, I don't know why it sounds like, I don't know. Well, I also don't tend to go back and read my books again either. Um, right. Unless I have to, in order to make sure that I've, you know, closing out a series the right way. Um, just because right. I want to go back and fix it. Um, mm-hmm. I'll hear like one little sentence and I'm like, oh, that would have been better this way. And it's like, really, is it going to make that much of a difference? Maybe a tiny bit, but not really. Um, so it just drives me to that to not be able to go, <laughs> go fix it. Not to be able to fix that line. Why did he say that? <laughs> yeah, why Why did I put it that way? When you say it out loud, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're rapidly running out of time, but I have to ask because it's holiday time. What's your favorite Christmas movie? What movies are you watching this time of year? Oh, I, you know, I don't have one favorite. I have a ton of favorites. I, I obsess over the Hallmark movies. I do every Christmas. I really enjoy those. Um, which is probably why I wrote Snowball's Christmas because it's essentially a Hallmark movie on paper. Um, right. And then totally, I'm a huge classic movies fan and believe it or not, I don't like it's a wonderful life again, because it's depressing for the first 95% of the movie and only the last five minutes are happy. Um, right. But I like like all the old claymation Rudolph movies. I like, um, you know, the Bing Crosby Holiday Inn and White Christmas and those, you know, just kind of happier <laughs> right. movies that have right. great, such great music. And I tend to love all those. And then, of course, there's all like the, the adorable, like Love Actually was fantastic. And the holiday, like the yeah. more contemporary kind of romance, holiday romance ones that are so cute. Yes, I like those too. Well, uh, before we run out of time, how should everybody get in touch with you? Are you on Facebook or Instagram? How should people find you? I am on all of it. Um, almost all of it is combined with um, Abigail, Katie, and Kristen all in one account. So that makes it a little easier, except on Instagram where I do separate it out because the images were so different <laughs> for, for oh, Kristen versus true. Abigail. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> Yeah, they were very different. I was like, mm, this isn't working. So, yeah, we split those out. But I'm on all of those. And I've got a website. If you go to any of my websites, so abigailowen.com, katie-scott.com, or kristenmccanna.com, and you can get to all three of me that way. And it's got all my social media and everything on this. Great. Well, thanks so much for coming back on. Everybody run out and get Try As I Smite and The Protector. It will be fun winter reading for you. And thanks for coming back. It was great to talk to you. Oh, it's so great to talk to you. Thanks for having me back again. Always love it. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Bye. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.